If you're the kind of dad who grows one of those long lumberjack hipster beards, just so you don't have to wear a scarf in the wintertime, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the fastest growing dad theme podcast in all of humanity. I love when I say that like a used car dealership. We are also the podcast, of course, that celebrates suburban dad life. Coach Randy and Adam D are your hosts. My name is Adam D. And what a surprise. What a pleasant surprise. Coach Randy is here. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Season Adam D. Four, Good morning. Episode number 11. Not many left this 11, season. Just a so couple. We are having... We're having more fun than it's legal to have. We are uh, cruising down the 101 with the ocean on the right and the mountains on the left. Love when you paint the visual. Love when you paint the visual, Coach. And we've got a, a great guest that has nothing to do with oceans or highways. His name is Keith Barbaria. He is the head of technology at NBC Boston. Man, the, the things he, he has seen inside that institution this year. Can't wait to talk to him about that. But he's also going to talk to us about the campaign Movember, which of oh, course Movember. is a campaign where you grow a mustache and you raise money mm-hmm. uh, about men's health issues, right? Everything from prostate cancer to mental health. And we're going to get into that with him. Uh, he's also going to talk a little bit about natural childbirth. Now, some people think there's nothing natural about childbirth, but unless there's he, unless there's unnatural child childbirth, which we'll get into both. <laughs> we'll get into both. I'm sure there's yes. there's two sides to the bait. And, and speaking of speaking of Movember and mustaches, you're growing quite a fine goatee there. It's, uh, you're looking like a rugged individual, my friend. Well, I have decided that uh, I'm not shaving the goatee part. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let it go. Joe, just let it grow. Just let it go out there and see what happens. I'm, is it a Movember thing or are you just lazy? It is It is a Movember theme. I'm not oh, raising good. money. I'm just bringing awareness, you know, mm-hmm. but I am uh, just kind of just, just want to see what happens. I'm hoping by the end, I look like one of those guys, you know, kind of with that big bottom of that goatee that kind of yep. just goes out like four inches off the bottom of your chin and kind of just sits there and yeah. Let's see how it looks. <laughs> it needs it needs <laughs> wax. It needs braiding. You look like you're in a cult. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're going Yeah, for. and you can use the little uh, little ties and it comes down. like I, I could be like a, 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 the love guru if we could. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward transition here. Speaking of growth. Yes. You know who's focused on the growth of your business and, so and giving yeah, you the Dave. best in marketing and, and website design? Who's look that, Coach? Look at you. That would be a Becky Berman of uh, BermanCS.com. That is Becky Berman of Berman Branding of BermanCS.com for all your graphic designs and website needs. And she's taking care of your graphic design, website needs, business growth. And we are, we Coach are just, Randy says. Yes, we are, we are just about ready to launch. It's ready. Coach Randy says, new logo, new theme. If life is a game, who's your coach? It should be Coach Randy. That's it. That's a campaign. That's a lot. That's the motto we're going with. We're, uh, we're going to be uh, launching next couple of weeks to so start uh, looking for all the excitement, all the wonderful uh, marketing opportunities for all of your executive coaching, speaking, consulting needs. All right, Coach Randy Says, and uh, maybe we'll do a special episode where we learn a little bit more about Coach Randy Says. So, Coach, before we get into the fun and frolic and, and yeah. the mirth, I understand there's even going to be some mirth today. We do have to take care of some business, uh, which yes, includes we uh, what, what we call them uh, our brothers, right? We call this this show the, the fraternity we've had, of dads. Uh, we've had so many guests and guest dads on. Uh, they all mean something to us. They all bring some- different skills and um of course there was a time we brought in a uh, father daughter uh that uh that episode was great they uh sang uh shallow right so you might remember the hans so we're talking yeah. about matthew han and his uh, beautiful and talented daughter riley uh, as as coach said they were on season two and they sang shallow and then they returned for uh, another performance where they did fleetwood max landslide on the Father's Day musical episode. And uh, they're just terrific. That, that's one of the episodes I, I keep going back and playing just because uh, I, I love hearing them sing. So unfortunately, uh, Matt Hahn, the father, uh, was in a really bad motorcycle accident last week. 
Uh, fortunately, no other vehicles involved. It was just uh, Matt involved in that accident, uh, be that as it may. Um, he's he's in, in really bad shape. He's in the ICU, um, uh, as we know now, uh, paralyzed from the chest down. He is conscious. He's awake. His eyes are open when they need to be. Uh, he's gotten some movement in one of his hands, but not much. There is a GoFundMe page and... You know, you love this community and how everyone has rallied around the Hans. But uh, Coach, you have some information on that, right? On the yeah, it was uh, on the GoFundMe. Yeah, you know, his daughter Riley's a freshman in a West Orange High School. Actually, daughter. sophomore. Oh, she's yeah, a sophomore. They, that's right. Yeah, they may have, may have uh, mispublished that, but that's okay. Yeah, Still, a, a young a young lady. She's a sophomore. She's close with uh, with Perry. You know, uh, my daughter's a freshman. Knows her, uh, of course, her talent. Um, and uh, there's a sister. She has a sister. I think is in eighth grade. Also, mm-hmm. um, yep. so it's, it's Caitlin can't fathom the news, but, uh, there is a GoFundMe page. If you go, uh, to any search, your favorite search bar and just, uh, enter, uh, GoFundMe Matt Han family. And that's H A H N family. Correct. It'll pull up. It'll go right to the website and, uh, it has exceeded the the goal now it's uh their goal was a hundred thousand dollars the the cost of the uh surgeries are going to be in the uh the seven figures Mm -hmm. um so as a community and what was really nice is you know we used to be uh, do a lot of stuff with tap into it right and uh so we gotta get back we gotta get back on there you know there's no reason why we shouldn't still be doing publicity and they haven't said we're not gonna promote you so yeah you know i know there's a there was a change in leadership uh, but uh, it was nice to tap into, send out a note to everybody in West Orange, rallying. I mean, there's just, uh, that's, I, I love our town. Um, mm-hmm. and cannot fathom what that family is going through. So we all need to kind of come together and be there to help support the family. So yeah, it's the, no. uh, GoFundMe, Matt, Han, family, uh, site and location, give anything from a couple nickels to more if you can. Yeah, I tell you, a great guy. You won't find a more devoted dad. Um, the guy even tattooed a whole story that he came up with on his shoulder and had it colored in. So there's nothing that's more important to Matt Hahn than his family. And uh, yesterday, there was uh, yesterday being Saturday, we were recording this on Sunday morning. Yesterday, there was a, a healing circle over Zoom, you know, like six pages deep, six mm-hmm. Zoom pages deep. Yeah. So the outpouring of support. Uh, to do whatever, whether it's monetary or whether it's emotional support, whatever the Hans need, of course we uh, we want to be involved in that as well. And uh, you know, of course, we appreciate Matt and Riley for being on two episodes of of Bad to the Dad. So one of the actually we and I think it was the first episode. Obviously, we had him on. We talked about motorcycles with him. Yes, and how we got a new one, and yes. we asked him, "Is it a Harley?" And he said, "No, it was one of the you know Japanese versions, which uh, goes very very fast." And yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we know we know the dangers of, of motorcycling, you, even if you're uh, being super careful. Were, were you allowed to uh, ride a motorcycle? In my family, I was. It was there was two things in my family growing up that was made very clear by my parents. Uh, I wasn't allowed to no guns, right? No guns, mm-hmm. and no motorcycles. Yeah, right. um, gun guns never even came into the conversation. I don't know if it's just because we're in North Jersey and the gun culture, at least uh, at that time growing up. Yeah wasn't really prevalent. Uh, motorcycles, I had a cousin who had a motorcycle and I think we we're all scared to death about what he was doing. So I was allowed to sit on one and look at them, Yeah. but not much more than that. You know, even yeah. if it was going five miles an hour and I was sitting in the back, wrapping my arms as tightly as I could around my guy, that wasn't even on the table. So- and it's, and it's really something that even to this day, like we don't have guns. Mm-hmm. I've never ever shot a gun. I thought yep. about maybe getting some training just in case of the uh, uh, the forthcoming or uh, the zombie apocalypse, the zombie okay. apocalypse, yes. Yeah. Uh, but as far as motorcycles, I mean, never, not even a, not even a blip on the radar. Um, and it's uh, there are those that love it, and it's kind of uh, tragic. I feel very badly for the Han family because I know yep. he did love it. It was, it was a it was a lifestyle. Yeah, and, and it was his thing, right? You know, we yeah. say dad should have their thing both yeah. with their kids, right? Yeah. Their families as well as themselves. And, yeah. and that was one of his many, many hobbies, many pursuits. But uh, the important thing now is that uh, he gets better. He gets yeah. healed and gets back in a fighting shape. Who knows? But we only hope for the best for the Han family. And that's really a lot of thoughts and prayers. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely 100%. Yeah. 
And uh, if you notice something, uh, you're you're back in the uh, I'm, I'm I'm in the den today, and there's a little difference. There's some space between us now. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, that, listen, that's okay. We're taking the uh, most precautions that we can. You're in the den. I'm in my loft, which is essentially where I do business. You call on it the cave, though. On a regular basis. Yeah, the man, <laughs> the man cave with all my action figures and my patents on toys in the back. They're not my patents, but they're patents on some of my favorite toys uh, throughout history, like the Slinky and the Etch-A-Sketch and the Rubik's Cube. Um, yeah, we are so very, very socially distant today. Yeah. We're in two different houses because uh, COVID has spiked in our town, in our own neighborhoods, um, neighbors that, are getting uh, it. Neighbors are yep. getting it. It's, it's and uh, and I and I, I said this to Jess. I'm like, this is getting too close to home. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So we're we're just being careful. Yeah. You know, we don't know if we. I know I haven't been exposed, but who knows? You you, you never know. You can go into a a Seven Eleven or a CVS just to pick up. Uh, what's really milk weird and, is, you know, I, I, my friend who was just picking up uh, his mail. Um, he tested positive, but his wife and his son both tested negative. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, I would imagine it's just a matter of time. Um, you know, God willing, it won't be, but mm -hmm. uh, it seems like we're reaching numbers that are just like <laughs> amazing numbers. So it yeah. is uh, very serious, very real. And uh, I didn't spend, you see, March, eight and a half months <laughs> in this, whatever it is you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. Just to get COVID, you know, eight months later, <laughs> yep. I'm committed. I'm going all out. I mean, how's, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, it's like an investment, right? Investment of time that mm -hmm. you invest all this time and then boom, out of just one moment of just maybe pure leniency or just not thinking hundred percent and then boom, I, uh, um, so that's yep. why we're, you're in the cave. I'm the den. Uh, of course, our, our guest visitor, Keith will be from his home. But uh, other than that, how was your week, Adam D? My week was good. You know, speaking of good things to do during quarantine, we rediscovered one of the gems of 80s television, yes. Silver Spoons. You want to talk about a show about Silver. dads? Yes. Silver Spoons, right? Of course, starring that very precocious yes. Ricky Schroeder back yes. in 1982. Joel Higgins played the father. Erin Gray from Buck Rogers was the was the secretary and I think ultimately the love interest. I'm not spoiling yeah. anything. This was like over 35 <laughs> yeah, years if ago. If you haven't watched it now, then. Uh... <laughs> so go check it out on Amazon. You do have to pay if you just, you know, want to watch the pilot for a, a buck 99, go for it. And then you could, you know, watch the, the whole first season, I think for about 15 bucks. And we knocked out around four or five episodes last night, you know, because there's, there's nowhere to go. You know, I'm not going out to eat. So we just did a, a Silver Spoons marathon. And I think you know, when you grew up in that era and now you're a parent, you watch it with a different kind of lens. You have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And even though you want to suspend your disbelief, you can't. You're always criticizing and providing color commentary on what you see. Mm -hmm. So first episode, here comes Ricky Schroeder in his military school uniform. Mm -hmm. And he just walks through the door and tells the Joel Higgins character, uh, Edward Stratton III, mm -hmm. I am your son. And they don't make a big deal out of it. They don't call any of the authorities. He doesn't call his ex-wife to say, hey, is this really my son? The guy just walks in and then 15 minutes later, he conforms to the belief that, okay, Ricky Schroeder is my son. Now let's have a season. <laughs> now, granted, you know, the, the Joel Higgins character, Edward Stratton, he's made to be this overgrown child, irresponsible, doesn't question anything is a bit of a moron, bit of a schlemiel. But it makes for but, good TV. It, well, you know, again, it's a sitcom. And you, you have to remember that, you know, the, the things that we would do from yeah. a precautionary standpoint would not occur in 80s TV. I'll give you another example. I think it was episode four mm -hmm. uh, or maybe even sooner than that. Epi let's call it episode three. So Ricky decides he wants to go to public school because he wants to be a normal kid, not a rich kid. Just, just real quick. Yeah, I need to acknowledge the depth, you, yes, the detail of the show that you're providing our listeners. Yeah. I mean, okay, I don't think many people can appreciate the magnitude of what you're going through <laughs> right now. To particular, <laughs> give us the the full the, the sensual uh, experience of what you're uh, okay. You're 
All right. So um, basically we're in our living room in our sweatpants and that's about there it. So go. if you really want me to get detailed, that's, that's what's going on here. Trust, but, you know, but, you know but, but what I realized I should have done is for those who weren't familiar with Silver Spoons is go back and talk about the premise. The premise is there's this Edward Stratton III. He is the heir of this mega fortune uh, from his father and grandfather's uh, father is played by John Houseman, a very curmudgeonly, very business oriented, disappointed in his son for basically being an oaf mm -hmm. and a no good Nick. All right. And go. lo and behold, Ricky Schroeder comes into this guy's life, uh, you know, turns everything topsy turvy. Apparently he, he had a marriage. You don't know anything really about the ex-wife, what her story is, but you do know about Ricky. Mm -hmm. And Ricky all of a sudden enters this world where he gets this uh, train. You remember the train that goes through the yes. living room oh my and God. A, bed yes. that, a bed that's shaped like a race car has everything at his disposal. But he's the smarter of the of the two mm -hmm. in the pair. Right. Yes. Father and son. Okay. Son son's yeah. good with computers, yeah. has good judgment. He's got good salesmanship and manipulative skills. And he essentially saves the day most of the time for his uh, adopted father's business. So we're talking about, uh, again, suspending our disbelief with some of these sitcoms. One of the episodes, uh, Ricky is being bullied in school. He decides to go to public school because he wants to just be a normal kid, not known as the rich kid. Mm -hmm. uh, this bully, Ox, it, he's, he's the guy that uh, extorts people for their milk money on ah. an everyday basis. But you see the scene in the classroom and there's no teacher until five minutes later so kids uh, are walking in they're yeah. sitting down ox comes in he's facilitating the collection of money people mm -hmm. try to stand up to him there's no teacher involved the teacher is also feckless has no control but she's nowhere in the picture till much later and far later than she needs to be it's a very accurate portrayal of a 1980s classroom so i gotta tell yeah. you that's spot on okay so here's what happens next um Ricky gets punched in the eye, right? He stands up to the bully, doesn't want to give him the milk money, comes home, tells his father, Edward Stratton, I've been bullied. Uh, so you'd appreciate this because you're, you know, you're the bully coach, not how to bully, but how to avoid. No, bullying. but if that's part of your needs as a coach. I mean, we yeah, can you should, it. you should air this, this episode. Although I, I don't know if it's the best, most accurate portrayal of, of the whole anti-bullying campaign. Needless to say, uh, and here's the beauty of Silver Spoons. It has yielded so many guest star appearances. Mm -hmm. So Edward Stratton hires a bodyguard to sit in the class with Ricky nice. for the foreseeable future. And who is the bodyguard? Mr. T. Mr. T. Pity the fool. Who not only scares Ox and everybody in his wake, including the teacher who has a nervous yeah. breakdown, uh -huh. but he also um, gets an A on all the history tests. <laughs> When nobody can answer, why did the American Revolution happen? Mr. T raises his hand, stands up, and answers the question about as thoroughly and as effectively as you can in a 20-minute sitcom. <laughs> so Mr. It, T. It's a show that yielded, you know, Mr. T, who is at the height of his popularity with the A-Team. Yes. Um, that. Yep. yep. And then, of course, Jason Bateman. This was one of his first shows this sort of put him on the map of course you know jason bateman from ozark and, and dodgeball yeah know, but he was also another he was another sitcom he was in it's your move but that it's was much move. later this yeah, is when yeah. he's just a little pisher right yeah. of uh you know 12 13 years old yeah. so you know of course we talked about aaron gray and john yeah. houseman but uh alfonso Rivera eventually look at that carlton right from the fresh prince he yeah. eventually makes the scene so but but again I bring this show up because it's about a relationship between a dad who's not equipped to really be a dad and his son who's already wise beyond his years when he yeah. arrives. Yeah. So if you're looking for some good, wholesome, you know, dad type, not dad vice, but dad, dad type programming, especially while you're uh, cooped up in your house, this is a great show to watch. Now it'll cost you a little money, but I think it's worth the nostalgia. Worth the nostalgia. And, uh, I love how you're always going through the archives there, Adam D, doing your work, doing your research, looking for opportunities for dads just to just to enhance our viewer and your our, our listenership to <laughs> it's viewer, uh, viewer to us, listeners yes, to our listeners. Listening, uh, you know, go there. You you are so committed to your craft, just committed to as bad of the dad, Adam D, uh, going to the vault of sitcoms 
for your pleasure. I think that's amazing. I'm very proud of you, Adam D. Silver Spoons brings us to a much simpler time, as they say. I never thought oh. I'd be one of those adults that would say, do you remember the simpler times? Yeah. But well, given what's going on in the world, right, with our our coronavirus and our recent that, election, simpler yeah. times, I think, is what we all need right now. We do We do think that our, our youth, well, now, now that we're adults, we look back and like, oh, my God, they were so simple because they were, even though at the time we thought they were the uh, the most devastating, no matter what it was, we were teens. Uh, that's a great story. I, uh, Ed, uh, Jessifer, uh, we're looking for a movie because um, now we're, we're back to movie nights. <laughs> we're all back to movie nights. And uh, somehow I got the idea of uh, we want to watch a comedy. So I thought, I don't know what happened. I'm like, ooh, Blades of Glory. Very funny. That's the ice skating movie with Will Ferrell. Yes, and uh, John Herod. And uh, so my girls, um, their laughs are just the best. <laughs> and what's funny is my my Michaela got most of the uh, the inappropriate jokes. Brianna, I don't think she gets them, but she kind of understands the premise and some everything else. And you know, there, there's dad in that too, where the guy actually is a, this billionaire guy goes out and adopts this little kid and he becomes a, a, a wonder kid on the ice, you know, and uh, the, op the polar opposites. And so he watched that uh, the other night. And I got to tell you, nothing gives me greater joy to listen to my girls laugh. And I'm, as they're laughing in all the right places, I've seen Blades <laughs> of Glory. And if, you, and if you haven't watched in a while, Adam D, you, you got to throw it in there. You got to no, you There's pop it nothing, on. there's nothing to get you in one of those like deep belly laughs than a Will Ferrell Will movie. Ferrell I, I hear they're even going to be doing a Wedding Crashers 2, perhaps. Yeah, I, I just heard that I, from Vince Vaughn just announced it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing Wedding Crashers 2. I mean, that's just Will Ferrell. You know, he went to USC, wasn't a fraternity. I cannot fathom being in that fraternity and being with him, you know, because he's just uh, so, so funny. The kids know him from Elf. Right? Uh-huh, yep. But uh, that, that was uh, a real highlight of our of our week as a, as a dad just listening to your kids laugh and uh like you said with with silver spoons and going to those moments of dad it was just uh, a little bit lighthearted. many many of us in our house are a little bit more relieved things are you know um going a, bit, a little differently through our country but uh, for right now um check out blades of glory that was when they're doing the uh uh the, the cartwheels on the, yeah. on the ice <laughs> And they're holding each other up yes. and their faces are with their faces. I, Brianna was laughing so hard. She, her cheeks were hurting uh, because to her, you know, it's just funny, but it's really just a, a fun story. Well, that's it. I mean, Will Ferrell is just one of those comic geniuses who acts with his face. Yeah. And even though he's holding a serious face. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Just, just because, you know, you know what the finish line is, is, is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, he did that in, old school yeah, right? when, oh, he, yeah. when he gave that speech about economics against james yeah. carville yeah and even though he was like in an out-of-body experience it was so hilarious just because of the facial expression that he gave we were in uh, obx a couple a couple summers ago mm -hmm. and uh, Step Brothers. oh yeah not, oh funny funny stuff Oops. yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> he goes up to the uh the drums <laughs> yes i don't think we realized how risque that film was with 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 four young kids at the time but uh boy you know, from, from the gut and aiden love that scene oh yeah oh yeah rewind it rewind it so but that's you know at the time i think he was uh 10 or 11 years old and that's going to happen so coach i have a feeling that over the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about a lot of movies and tv shows yep uh sports are winding down outdoor sports are winding down i know they're thinking about a what's going to happen with the winter sports as most of them are indoors not really worried about that. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll have a bad to the dad film festival. And I tell you what, hey. listeners, if you want to yeah. recommend a movie or TV series, contact us at badtothedad.com. That's contact us at badtothedad.com. We'll add it to social media. Maybe we'll do a little bit of social viewing and talk about it on our podcast. Bad well, I would like dad. to offer a little tease for one of our off-season uh, specials. A little tease, can awesome. I? Please do. I'm, I'm getting excited about it now that we're three episodes in the, probably one of the series that you're going to be talking yeah, about. Mandalorian. We had, mm. uh, we had the guys over and uh, this is where the weather was nice uh, last week. We, uh, we watched the first couple episodes of Mandalorian. 
Yeah. Uh, so you can expect us having uh, the experts, uh, the expert Jedis, uh, back onto the show to talk about it. Although I'm getting a sense that one of our dads, not a big fan. Not feeling it. He's not feeling it. And 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 I get that. And you know, we we love a little free debate. By the way, this this is a, a special we'll probably do right around New Year's time. And yeah. in addition to Mandalorian, we'll talk about The Boys on yeah. Amazon, which is oh. one of the most outrageous superhero shows you'll ever see. Also, I just and, finished watching uh, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. The whole thing? Have you finished I just the whole finished thing? season two. Then okay, they just, so I'm then about they uh, three episodes into, into season two. So it's going to be a season three. It's going to be a season three. Okay. So I have a little catching up to do, but lots to talk about in science fiction and, and yeah. fantasy. And yeah, about the Mandalorian. So they're three episodes in. Yep. And, you know, there are some people who are diehard Star Wars fans who are saying out in cyberspace, uh, this season is done. I've had it. So after two episodes, they're like, this season is done. And, and yet the third episode was pretty good. Yeah. And well, and there's been political backlash there's been political backlash political yeah. correctiveness on a show that's in space and science fiction and people are really angry angry like how dare they in episode two i mean we have just, to re- we have to remind people that uh, this happened a long time ago in a galaxy far far away far away right? keep barbaria is our guest he's coming up <laughs> next on bad to the dead We are bad to the dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, for a mere fifteen dollars couch cushion money, fifteen bucks, you can be a sponsor on Bad to the Dad. And what do you get for those fifteen dollars, Coach? Let me tell you. I got to tell you, please. Why don't you tell us? Okay, uh, for fifteen dollars, you not only get promotion, but you get over promotion. So, of course, we'll splash your brand on our social media pages, but we'll also talk about you and your business incessantly on the upcoming episodes. That's $15 to sponsor on Bad to the Dad. Coach, you know what I loved about going to college? Oh, that's the fact that it, it got me away from my house. That was such a tricky question. There could be so many things that I know so many things about you, Shans. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're, we're going, we're going back to that. That's a reference a to the Thad I mean, Brown episode. Yeah. Uh, the, the beauty of going to college, you know, I, did, I didn't have a ton of friends, but the friends I had were high quality friends and they are the gift that keeps on giving. We've had quite a few to be Hofstra, Hofstra based friends who are doing really remarkable things, especially as dads. And today's episode is no different. We've got uh, my good friend, uh, technical operations head of NBC Boston and ambassador of Movember and even in his own Movember campaign. And that is Keith Barbaria. Keith, great to have you on Bad to the Dead. Thanks for spending time with us. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. I really only agreed to come on if you're going to call me a high quality friend. So there we go. Box checked, box checked, and we can move on. Hey, it's been a great episode, Keith. Thanks for being on. (laughs) But I jest, but I jest. So Keith, first of all, I know you're living in Boston now and you lived in Hartford, but you grew up a Long Island kid and a diehard Mets fan. So you have got to be on cloud nine right now with, with the new ownership. What, what, what are you going through as a, as a Mets fan who's just been waiting for years for some sort of light? Well, I think it starts uh, like a feeling as an abused puppy, right? You know, you have a nice new owner and they're reaching out to give you a treat, but you're still kind of like ducking away from the hand. Like it's a little hard, too hard to believe still. Um, But uh, obviously the future doesn't, has never looked brighter for a Mets fan. They just need to deliver here on, on all the great words we're hearing. So yeah, I'm hopeful for sure. Um, but as a Mets fan, our bar is low. So if I can watch competitive baseball and actually enjoy a game into the end of the summer, I've had a good season. That's amazing. I just hope that Uncle Stevie Cohn decides to buy the Jets too. Please. Stop. <laughs> yes, let, let's start with one. A couple billion dollars just mere pocket change for that man. Just mere pocket change. Seems that way. But he'll he'll make deal. I mean, he's already cleaned house. He's bringing in his own people. He's he's talking about all of that the the top free agents. So so we'll see. You know, it's it's November, so we have to talk about baseball because that gives us a little bit of hope for for the spring. So look, uh, yeah. this has had big names, right? And it never works. So I think he had a clear leadership. It has. To, I mean, there were people in layers of leadership there that had all this history and 
we're married to ideas and old ways of doing things. It was time to just sweep it out and start over. So that might be the best move he made from the beginning. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll stop talking about the Mets because it could it could depress us. Let's talk about uh, some some more interesting things. And of course, the reasons why we've had you on. So, Keith, you you've been in the news business for quite some time now, the better part of a year since 19 of none of your business. Um, and I know you're with, with the Today Show, which must have been a, a marvelous experience because there's some great personalities there. And then, you know, been working your way through the ranks through the NBC system. But this year in particular, you know, as head of technology and, and being entrenched in NBC Boston, which is no small market by any means, you know, take us into the building, take us into the scene. What did you see this year, given all of the news events that occurred? Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, the political season ramped up, right? We knew it was coming. And, but early on, you know, it, there's all that rhetoric that's been around for four years. So it didn't feel all that different earlier on. But as we got closer to elections, you know, boy, did it ramp up. And then you add in the, all the social issues we've had in the country and it became, quite a different atmosphere for a news organization. We went from, hey, we do TV and we do news and that's kind of a fun job to evaluating where we have to send our field crews and hiring professional security, ex-military, ex-police to accompany our crews. Um, You know, our crews were getting approached just because they had a camera uh, or, uh, you know, just because they identified as media uh, before they even heard what we had to say. You know, so it was, it's become a, a different beast out there in the field for our field teams, for sure. Uh, and then that, that just changes the way you have, you feel about, you know, the way we have to do the job. We're very, we're always very careful about how we craft our message and try to stay straight down the middle and tell the story. But now you're just hyper aware that any mistake, any perception that you lean one way or the other is going to get called out or, or even on the technical side, you know, technical issues can, can make it perceive like you are favoring one story over another. The camera failed as you're about to go to the Trump presser. Well, well, they did that on purpose, right? So now you're very careful to make sure you're executing at a very high level all the time. We really do feel the pressure. Did, did any of that happen? You know, did, did, did you get attacked and did cameras futz out when they needed to work? Uh, you know, as far as the, the violence goes, Boston's a pretty good market as far as that goes, but it, but it's uncomfortable out there, but other, our other NBC markets have had some really serious issues, everything from theft to actual attacks to our, to our borders. Um, You know, and then of course, covering protests and riots comes with its own set of rules. Uh, Those nights, you know, with our crews out there, you know, and then people like me are back at the station, even from home in the COVID days, watching the video feeds come in on radios and cell phones to our crews, trying to move them and maneuver them, maneuver them around the city safely and keep them at an arm's length of the violence while close enough to be able to tell the story, right? Because that's ultimately our job as local broadcasters based on our FCC requirement, our, our commitment to the country is to provide the viewer with critical life safety information. And when the city's under, under a riot, we have to be there. There's no excuse that, you know, we can't just say, sorry, scary, we're going home, right? So we have to figure out how to do it safely. And luckily here, we got through it without any of our teams um, getting hurt. There was some close calls, but like I said, other markets, it got pretty, it got pretty scary. Hmm. Fascinating. I just can't get over the fact that a job of just reporting the news and uh, being attacked. I mean, I, I see the reporters out there and the hurricanes holding on to the poles and you know that's that's amazing. But to think that there's actual but we don't see the bodyguards, of course. But I can only imagine they don't teach you that in school. Oh, by the way, <laughs> as a journalist, be prepared to go out there with these big security armed bodyguards because all you're doing is your job. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, in school you're like TV. It's going to be glamorous. You know, it's not, there's, there's no glamour intelligence, right? It's, it's, a, it's a different beast, but, but um, it's exciting too. Like I, I've covered hurricanes. I was one of five people on a full 747 flying to Miami to cover a hurricane in 2003, or, or actually 1998 it was. And the only reason the plane was, was going- That was Floyd. That was Floyd. No, mine was uh, Hurricane George. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, 
And the only reason the plane was going to Florida was to get people out. And I'm on the plane going to cover it. <laughs> and the flight attendant says to me, are you sure? And I'm like, no. So you better close the door because I'm about to like, bolt right out of this place, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, it was me, me, a camera crew and an audio guy. And we were just driving around the Florida Keys trying to find a safe place to stay through the storm which we were less than successful. It was a beachfront shack, which was wonderful for the two days before the storm showed up. Um, but once the water starts lapping on your front door, you break curfew and you bolt. And we got um, almost arrested for being out after curfew. And I used um, a Today Show t-shirt and a Today Show watch to bribe my way into the emergency operations center for a spot on their floor to, to wait out the storm. Um, but you know, in between those events, we're talking to the emergency operations center people, to the safety crews, and we're trying to get the story. We're trying to keep the people of Florida safe, right? And that's that's the core of what a news organization does. See, everybody loves swag, Coach. You know, you got to yes. have swag on you. You just got to keep your back pocket. It's not, it's not money. It's the T-shirts. Is it, is it like, do you like take it off your wrist and say, hey, I got, I got it today. <laughs> Watch right here. One time I took the hat off my head. And and that got me into a space that that I didn't have access to. I always kept swag on me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, coach, you, you make a very good point. They don't teach you this in college. But was there any even crash course training for all of the things that were going on in the news this year? You know, between the riots and COVID and the election, and you know, every once in a while there was a celebrity death that that went on that hurricane. Yeah, and then we have this whole series of hurricanes that hasn't hasn't stopped yet. Are there at least sort of, hey, we can't give you an hour's training, but here's at least the need to know facts in order for you to perform your job better. It's funny, you know, my start into the business didn't come with that. You know, I definitely was thrown into a fire. I was I was 24 and I thought I was indestructible and knew everything. And that probably helped me a little bit to just like run into the hurricane with no fear. If I had to do it today, I'd have a whole different perspective on things. But um, having now been in the industry for 25 years with, with NBC for 23, I have all this perspective. And I try to make sure that in my role now as a leader with the station, that I'm providing that information to the people that have to go out there and do it. It's not me anymore, thankfully, um, but I can prepare them better. So we did spend a lot of time all year um, with uh, field safety training, awareness, uh, all, all those things. We have a very deep and detailed safety program that covers all sorts of risky events that reporters have to cover. And we spent a lot of time on that topic this year, for sure. Okay. So speaking of topics, we want to switch gears a little bit. You've got the background that people will see on social media of Movember. Yeah. And I know that you've been intimately involved in this campaign for the better part of nine years. First, uh, tell us a little bit about Movember for those listeners who aren't familiar with it and why you got involved in it. Uh, yeah, so Movember is a unique fundraiser or organization that really focuses just on men's health issues. And uh, I don't think, you know, there's, there's a lot out there, but I haven't really found one that just says, you know what, men are dying. Men don't like to talk about their health issues. There is suicide rates among men are very high because it's perceived to be weak to admit that you have emotional issues. And we wanna do something about that. So I think that's what makes Movember unique. And the group that runs it is they're dedicated and it's really a full year fundraiser with one month focused on the public growing really creepy mustaches. And I'm, and I'm almost glad this is a topic here because I, I'd have to explain this anyway by coming on with this mustache. This is not normal. <laughs> this is only happens for 30 days, right? But um, it started for me as I just found it on social media. I was like, huh, fundraiser. And all I have to do is a grow a mustache. And I thought that was just the easiest, laziest fundraiser ever. I don't have to walk or run. I don't have to <laughs> I can just, just grow hair in my lip. Exercise. And I didn't think it would work. And that first year I raised like 500 bucks. I'm like, that is magic. Like, how did that happen? I just grew an ugly mustache. And <laughs> what I found after the first year is like, it, it created this group where guys talked about the stuff they were dealing with. And I found it refreshing and healthy. And uh, then it turned into social events, you know, big fundraisers at bars and nights out and a social experience that I wasn't having either that I thought was fun. So it just became this thing. And um, for nine years straight, I've done this crazy mustache and 
uh, led teams at work. And we, you know, two years ago, we raised over $8,000 in 30 days. So it's been, it's been a ton of fun. That's awesome. Good for uh, you. Yeah. Now, now, Keith, you mentioned a few uncles on your, on your webpage. And of course we want to give everybody the webpage so, so they can donate and hopefully eclipse the number that you have on screen there, which is 1701, which I think yeah. is still pretty amazing being that the, the month is uh, just under a, a half completed. But uh, so you were, you were motivated personally uh, in participating in November. Yeah. Once you start thinking about the fundraiser, you start thinking about the men in your own life and you realize you know, they didn't talk to me about their health issues either, right? And I probably could have learned from them. And um, so, yeah, sometimes it was you know, uncles or relatives that were currently dealing with health issues and then sadly others that have already passed. Um, but, you know, I, I keep that close uh, in my heart as I go through the month for sure. Mm -hmm. The website is easy. It's movember.com. You can just click the donate button if you just want to donate to the organization you can always search for me if you feel like donating to me um, and you can use your camera to click the QR code too. Uh, that works. But really the important thing is to get the money to Movember. So Movember.com and just click donate. You know, what I'm finding, uh, Keith, is the diseases or the problems, be them mental or physical or, you know, related to the organs, I don't know. Maybe it's just an observation. I have really no data to support this. I feel like those kinds of ailments are happening in men at a younger and younger age. Like I remember when heart disease was happening, diabetes, colon cancer. It was in our grandfathers and our uncles when they were in their late 60s, 70s and 80s. And now you're hearing about so many cases of, of these problems in late 30s, 40s, early 50s. So it, it seems like the occurrences are happening younger and younger in men. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing. Well, I think we're more aware of it. And I think that might be the whole point here. I don't think we talked about it. I think plenty of us dealt with plenty of things and we were told to just rub some dirt on it and get back <laughs> on the field, right? And, um, and you know, to, to admit that you, you were broken a bit or you weren't bulletproof meant you may not get the promotion or you might not get hired or you couldn't, you know, supply for your family. And industry was bad that way back then, right? But mm -hmm. there are different rules now and um, most good corporations support good health and it's safer to, to admit that you need help and that you have issues and there's plenty of help out there if you look for it. You know, Keith, uh, it's interesting. I think what you, you allude to is that um, when my, my grandfather um, had prostate cancer. Uh, my father um, has just finished a history for prostate cancer. So you can pretty much guarantee that it's in, it's genetic. Um, and so I've, I've already spoken to my doctor. Um, I am much more aware of it. And I think that's why we're probably seeing cases earlier is because men were men, right? I remember when I was in college uh, and I think we went to college right about the same time, my, my professor made it very clear that uh, he grew up during time where men were men and helmets were made of leather. You know, that was, <laughs> right. that was that kind of saying. And it's, it's nice to hear, although I don't think we're really quite past that stigma as far as we need to be uh, in terms of men being okay to, to have emotional and mental health issues and to deal with it. And yes, you got to get your balls checked. You know, you, you have to, you know, and it's no fun uh, when the doctor jams his finger up your, your, your hind part, but you have to, because ultimately it's about your health and it's okay to talk about that. And I love the fact that you're involved and you found a cause, like you said, it's just, I get a good old mustache and just people give money to an organization. Um, that's fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. Thanks. And you know what, to tie it into being a dad, since that's the genesis of this podcast, right? I mean, what is more manly? Do you see what he did there, Adam? Adam, did you see what he did there? Well, listen, you know, I, I, I learned a lot from Keith. At, at Hofstra, you know, how to do a smooth transition. This is not now not a smooth transition because we're talking about the transition. <laughs> so we're, we're breaking it down, but yes, I did see what he did there. All right. That's what I'm paying attention do. coach. Yes. Breaking the fourth wall is very effective. <laughs> <laughs> so please, part of my, my, my pointing out that you did a fantastic segue uh, into the job that we often have to discuss in great detail, how we do it. You did it naturally. Keith, thank you so much for your professionalism. I apologize for uh, the interruption, but I just, that's the nature of me. You know me, Adam D. Hey, no, no problem. Oh, I do. Yes. <laughs>
Anyway, I was going to say, what's more manly, what's more strong as a man to do what you have to do for your family, for your kids, right? Being, admitting that you have a higher risk for a health issue and getting it checked uh, and staying alive longer for your kids, that, that's being a dad, right? That's what you got to do. And that's great. So, uh, and clearly your dog too, which is uh, the beauty of podcasting from home, right? <laughs> Anytime the wind blows, you've, you've got your uh, neighborhood watch barking that's, that's, away. So that's 2020. Right. one of us should mute our mics too. So, so <laughs> you can talk about being a dad. Did you always want to be a dad? Always. Um, yeah, I think so. I think I always pictured myself having kids. Yeah. I'd say that. And do you sure. have multiple kids more than one? No, I thought I thought I'd want more than one, mm-hmm. and um, but after one, while we loved the experience, mm-hmm. uh, every minute was awesome. Yeah, um, we also decided one was enough, so gotcha. we were one and done. Pretty gotcha. quickly, we decided. But, but I have an awesome daughter; she's amazing. Got you. Now, do you lease with the option to buy? <laughs> yeah. And he owns his own rubber gloves. And, <laughs> and and speaking of rubber gloves, I understand that. Your childbirthing experience—not you personally, but you know—you were you were in the room—is um, a little more unique to probably many of our listeners. You did a natural childbirth scenario in the home. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we were we were seeing a midwife for care primarily, and she offered home birth. And we weren't thrilled with the hospitals that she was associated with, and uh, it was something that really appealed to my wife um, as a standard guy and you know, the early 2000s, I was like, are you crazy? You know, that's where kind of where I started. But the more I, I opened my mind and learned about it, the more comfortable I got. And we chose to do a home birth. We did actually at my parents' house, just so we would have support. Um, but it was the most peaceful, amazing experience. It was just us in the basement with the midwife. Uh, no doctors and nurses running around, no machines, no you know, of course, if there was any issues, we we're going to get up and go to a hospital, right? There was a backup plan, but things went as expected. Uh, labor started the night before and by 2 p.m. the next day on a Saturday, my daughter was born in a makeshift like pool that we, you know, you know, like, like a little like not a kiddie pool, a little bigger than that. But it was a water birth in home in the basement of my parents' house, um, healthy baby girl. And uh, when it was over, we were just home. Like the whole thing was, was awesome. We were in full control. We did 12 weeks of training to be able to advocate for ourselves. And it was just an amazing experience. And when it was over, we would tell people and same reaction that, you know, that I'm getting from you two now, like, wow, that's crazy. And you're nuts. And while I'm interested, I'm also horrified. It's kind of the look I always get when I tell this story. Um, I just want to make sure you put newspapers down because I'd be worried about flooding. Well, there's a great, there's a great moment, right? My, my parents, especially my mother was a bit of a basket case. She is normally. So this was like putting her over the edge. She was drinking by 9am. But I had assured her for months that it was going to be fine, that we had it under control. And we're trying to fill up a pool with water to make it a nice hot bath for my wife. And, and we were tapping out the water heater. So it was like, I couldn't get hot water. A little bit of rusty water was coming out. We had to clean it out and start over. So I shout up the stairs, mom, boil water. And it was like, you know, uh, the, 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 like some Western movie of childbirth. <laughs> my, mom, my mom is screaming, oh my God. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so, but it, it was fine. We, we had hot water. It was a wonderful bath. But um, so everyone wanted to hear the story all the time. We thought, you know what, maybe we could teach it. And we, we went back to the organization we learned from uh, at that point it was called the Bradley method of childbirth and we became certified as teachers and we started teaching natural childbirth eventually writing and creating our own course material and starting our own child natural childbirth uh, class in Connecticut taught over 300 couples how to advocate for themselves in birth it wasn't just home birth we taught we taught natural birth no matter what uh, the the place you chose hospital home um, birthing center, wherever it was, it was really about teaching people how to advocate themselves and prepare to be parents. Uh, yeah. Like, so I have a question just because I'm a male and I don't give birth. Yeah. Uh, and I hear the, I hear this word natural, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as, as to assume that there's some element of unnatural childbirth, when you say yeah. natural, is it 
that because you're in the pool is that the natural piece no historically childbirth became a very medical procedure right mm -hmm. Dwight, um, I'm trying to remember the last president. Uh, I think it was Jimmy Carter was actually born at home. And then, and then right after him, everyone was in the hospital. Like when okay. mothers our age, they were, when they went to labor, they were knocked out. They were, they were given something to go to sleep and they woke up as mothers. Mm -hmm. and, it, and then they had real trouble being moms because they didn't experience becoming a mother. Like it was just, I woke up and I'm a mom, right? And doctors and in and, and, and hospitals have taken such control over birth, but our birth mortality rate is actually one of the highest in the world compared to countries that have many less resources than ours. Mm -hmm. So there's been this push among women to take control back over their experience. Gotcha. Okay. And that's something by natural. So gotcha. you let the, you let the body do what it needs to do until there's a reason for intervention. And then we, we dip into the wonderful, amazing technology and science we have to save lives and to help women have birth. So that's the difference between natural and natural. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. Makes sense. Very cool. So now that you have a daughter, what do you like to do with your daughter? And of course, your, your beautiful wife, Erica, what, what's fun with the Barbaria family these days? So as a young father, you're like, well, I can't wait to coach softball. And, you know, all the, like you picture all these things you're going to do with your daughter like the things you're interested in. Like, I hope she likes to sing or the, the hobbies I have. Or, or like, I've dabbled in magic on the left. I can't wait she does magic with me. You have all these plans. And then you realize once, you know, they're old enough to have an opinion, um, you're going to have to do the things that they want to do if you want to have a bond with your child. So <clears throat> really, it depends where her interests go. Lately, it's been ballroom dancing. I've done ballroom dancing for a couple of years. Um, the same way if she got into golf, I'd go play golf, right? I mean, you just, uh, I'm, I'm more interested in, in having and maintaining a bond with my child. Really, I'm sure there's some things I won't do, but there's, it'd be a short list of things I wouldn't do to make sure I had that bond. That's good. How old is she? She's 14. Ah, yes. Freshman in high school? Yes. Yeah. How fun is that? It's a great age. She still likes me. So yeah. <laughs> I have like another year or two to really enjoy that for a while. Yeah, very then nice. I realized... You know, if I'm not there with the car, the money, she won't be as interested. And then she'll like me again when it's time for college. So that's, <laughs> that's very nice, Keith. That's very funny. Uh, so we have this little segment on our show called Dadvice, uh, where we kind of bring things home. Uh, it's advice for dads. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you've had, you shared some uh, wonderful stories from uh, so many different things. But if there's one piece of dadvice you'd like to offer our dads, what would that be? I think it, it ties back into everything we've talked about in a way whether it's, you know, talking about your health issues for Movember or uh, the natural childbirth piece. I think what I've learned from myself and from coaching men to prepare to be fathers is that it takes work and you should prepare for it and you should learn and do the work, right? As men, we'll spend longer researching the next TV we're going to buy or the next PlayStation we should buy we'll spend more time doing that than we will pre to prepare for childbirth or for some other thing that, you know, that's attached to being a father, right? There, this takes work and that's, that's fatherhood. Like there should be no, no more important work in your life than this. And if, if your interests have to be pushed aside or, you know, there's plenty of sacrifice to be made, but the payoff is always so much better than the sacrifice twice, three times as much as the sacrifice. So my, my advice to especially young dads is do the work, ask the questions, find other dads, read the book, find the, find the Bad to the Dad podcast. I would have loved to have this podcast when I was teaching the, the birth classes. I would have had every father uh, to be listen to this podcast. This, this is the type of stuff that wasn't around back then, right? That guys need to prepare to be fathers, to be better fathers, to be better husbands. That's 300 downloads we could have had, Coach. <laughs> Maybe even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, our guest today has been Keith Barbaria. We covered a lot of ground. Movember, of course, being entrenched in the NBC News community. Of course, natural childbirth. And as expected, some amazing, amazing dadvice. Keith, it's been great having you on. Please give my love, our love to your folks. I miss them dearly. To Janine, yeah. your sister. Uh, spent a lot of overnights at the Barbaria household 
when yeah. I was going to school on Long Island and, uh, and you know, again, missed them dearly. It just, uh, you know, recall Someday those times. Tell the story how we got your car to the, to the repair shop when, when you lost your transmission. But you were pushing me to the Amco dealership, right? With my car. With your car. And then, yeah, you, and then you let me, you let me take your car home. Oh. <laughs> and then I had come from New Jersey back to Long Island two days later while the car was being repaired on the island. The things we do for our friends. But uh, again, cherish, cherish memories. And uh, again, you know, look, look forward to keeping on, keeping on. So uh, good luck with Movember. Keith, one more time, the website. How do we find information on Movember? Um, more particularly, your, your channel, your site. Yeah, Movember.com, and you can search my name. You'll, I'll come up as a as a MoBro, and you can donate directly to, to my page. But like I said, I'm I'm more interested in, in seeing the money go to Movember. So Movember.com, and just put donate on the upper. Okay, and again, that's Movember with an M, as yeah. in Mustache November. Movember. Mustache November. Yeah, you'll see the logo with the mustache, and uh, you can't miss it. You can't go wrong. We are bad to the dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. <laughs>
but also see how many ways I can get Coach Randy to do a <laughs> a, tra- a training seminar. Half, half the companies I've been to are all because of you. I love when you keep changing yeah. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do it that often, but sometimes market conditions have other me. thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so you know, now you can add to your resume, right? Coach yeah. Randy says, I've been in big pharma, I've been in small pharma, I've Absolutely. been in medical devices, look at the and, and maybe nursing one of these days. All these companies where you worked. Awesome stuff. So again, the bad to the dad train just keeps on rolling. Episode 12 coming up next week. Keep an eye on social media. You'll know who the guest is. But again, we just love producing this thing and we're going to keep on doing it. We are bad to the dad. Dads have a great week. (laughs) 